Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back. So today's episode is going to attempt to answer the question, what do our kids actually need from us? If you've listened to previous episodes, You've heard me talk a lot about how all behavior, even the most challenging behavior, is communication. All behavior tells us something. So for example, behavior might let us know that there's a skill that's missing, right? Maybe our child is hitting because they don't yet have the skills to do something different with their mad feelings. So behavior can communicate a missing skill or an impulse your child cannot yet regulate. And then you also hear me say how behavior might also communicate an unmet need. What in the world do I mean when I talk about unmet needs? I think a lot of times as parents, when we hear that, we might feel defensive, right? We might feel, so are you telling me that I'm not doing my job, that I'm not enough? And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I am so not telling you that. My goal in breaking down the needs that our kids actually have is to actually empower you. Because here's the thing, our kids have needs all the time and we will never, ever, ever meet them perfectly. But I think if we understand what these needs actually are, then it gives us the power to decode behaviors, to actually think through and get curious about, okay, is there a missing skill here? Or maybe there's an unmet need, right? I know my child has this skill. I've seen this skill come out before, right? Now my child's not able to access that skill. What is going on? Maybe there's a need. What does my child need right now? Well, that's a much easier question to answer when we have a sense of all of the possibilities here, right? So before I jump into what our kids actually need from us, I'm going to share three things that our kids don't need. So the first thing our kids don't need, they don't need us to fix their feelings or their problems. It's not on us to make them feel better when they're struggling. And the interesting thing here is that sometimes our attempts to fix perpetuate the situation or the feelings. So it is not our job to fix their problems or their feelings. Number two, our kids don't need us to entertain them. Play truly is the work of childhood. Boredom is the gateway to creativity. And playing independently is a wonderful thing. It's a skill that you can and should nurture in your child. Children don't need to be entertained, right? It's not your job to fix boredom any more than it is to fix any other feeling. And three, our kids don't need us to be perfect. We are always, always as humans in relationships going to let people down sometimes when we show up authentically. And that is actually a wonderful thing, right? If you listen to the episode on rupture and repair, I talk a lot about how every time we do make mistakes as a parent, it gives us the opportunity to repair those mistakes. And the attachment research is pretty clear that repairing those mistakes actually leaves the relationship even stronger than before the rupture. 
And it gives us the opportunity when we make a mistake to model self-compassion in the face of those mistakes. So our kids don't need us to fix their feelings or their problems for them. They don't need us to entertain them and they don't need us to be perfect. So now what do our kids need? So first of all, our kids sometimes have basic physiological needs, right? Sometimes they just did not get enough sleep. I don't know about you, but my kids really struggle when they are overtired, when they haven't gotten enough sleep, when maybe we stayed up too late the night before, maybe we were doing something, right? And the next day, behavior is not what it normally is, right? They struggle more because they're tired. And I don't know about you, but that's true for me too, right? Like I am not the friendliest person in the early postpartum days when I'm up all night with a newborn. That's just normal, right? And sometimes our kids are hangry. And I don't know about your kids, but mine are like the last to admit when they are hangry. I'll say, are you feeling hungry? Maybe that's why you're struggling. No, right? But then later, my seven-year-old's great about this. Later, he'll come to me and be like, yep, I was hangry. (laughs) And I did not want to admit that, right? So sometimes it's a physiological need. But sometimes our kids need something different from us. And again, we will not meet these needs perfectly, but attachment theory talks about this concept of how as caregivers, we are both the secure base for our kids as they go off and explore and interact with the world. And we are the safe haven that they return to when they need some help, when they need us, right? So what does that mean? Well, part of our child's job is to explore the world around them, to engage with the world and to engage in relationships in a way that fosters learning and growth. But kids can't do that alone, okay? Because the world is huge. It has dangers. It can be scary. It's overwhelming. And our kids need our support as they explore and engage with the world. They need us to be that safe base, that platform from which they explore. And What that exploration looks like really shifts and changes as our children grow. Okay, so for a baby, that exploration might literally be, right, before that baby is mobile, that's literally just looking around the room and then coming back to your gaze. As your child becomes mobile, then that exploration looks a little different right? Maybe it's crawling around the room. Maybe it's standing up, pulling up onto furniture. Maybe it's taking that first step. And then your toddler, maybe your toddler's learning to explore playgrounds now. Maybe we're outside of the walls of your home. And as your children grow, they go to school, teens are going off with their friends, maybe eventually leaving home. So what it looks like to explore really shifts as your child grows. And that is That's exactly how it's supposed to be. But the fact remains that your child is exploring as part of their job in this world. And it is our job to be that secure base for them. And then we also need to be the safe haven that they can return to as needed. So let me break this down for you in a way that is hopefully practical and actionable and something you can actually start to apply in your parenting today. So the first thing that our kids need from us is boundaries. Boundaries keep kids safe. Boundaries are the limits we enact to make sure that their exploration stays safe and to set them up for success. Boundaries deserve their own whole episode, so I'm going to get to that in the next one or two episodes. But for now, 
suffice it to say that boundaries are something that we do as caregivers, not something we request of our child. So a boundary might sound like, I won't let you hit me, or I can't let you jump on the couch. A boundary is not, please stop hitting me, right? That's a request. So we have to make sure that we're actually setting boundaries. And when we don't set boundaries quickly or consistently enough, our children's behaviors will let us know, right? Children are wired, their brains are wired to test those limits until they know, okay, where's the line for real? Where does this line actually exist, right? Because sometimes it's here and sometimes it's here. So it's our job to make sure that we set boundaries in a way that's consistent and that is an actual boundary, right? I won't let you. I can't let you. Here, I'm going to stop you. Okay, that's a boundary. So that's the first thing our kids need. The second thing that our kids need is the ability to be able to check in with us. Okay, so this is easy to see in babies and toddlers who often will crawl around and then crawl back to you and just crawl into your lap for a moment or bring you a toy or want to sit with you and then they'll go back off and play, right? Now, when we don't understand what's happening in these moments, it can feel really frustrating, right? Like you finally got your child to play independently and now they're coming back, but you're trying to cook dinner or you're trying to do some work or you're trying to talk with your partner. I get it. It's so hard in those moments. But when you understand what's happening, when you understand that this is an actual attachment need and behavior is going to show you when you're not meeting it, right? If you were to take your child and say, no, 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 go back off and play. Listen, here, I'm going to put you over here, right? Go, go over here and play. You're doing so good. I'm trying to cook, right? We do that all the time to these little ones because we think that that's what we're supposed to do. But when you understand that there's an actual need here, it is so much easier to lean into it and fill their connection cup in that moment. So I used to, back before the pandemic, I used to go into the office to see my therapy clients. And when I would come home, I had this just strong desire to take a minute for myself before I had to do anything for anyone else. I wanted to put my bags down. I wanted to take my shoes off, go to the bathroom, right? Just basic stuff. And I would feel so frustrated because I would come home and my kids would be just all over me, it felt like. And I felt really strongly about, you know what? I get to do this. It is my right as a parent to set this boundary that I need a minute. And it is, like it so is my right as a parent to do that. But one day it dawned on me, I thought to myself, you know what? I think they're trying to just like fill this connection cup that they've been away from me all day and they just really need a moment for me to pour into their cup. So as an experiment, I said, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to just lean in. And so the next day when I got home from work, I like didn't even take my bags off of my shoulders and I didn't take my shoes off, nothing. I just let my kids come to me and they threw their arms around me and then I threw my arms right back around them and I let them be the ones to let go. I mean, I really leaned in. I'm so glad to see you. I missed you. I love you, right? Just really leaning in. And what happened was kind of nuts. Like it was wild to watch how it happened, but they did that. And then they ran off to play. And I swear I did not see them for like the next half hour. I truly filled their connection cup in that moment. And so that was so much easier than me sort of saying, I need a minute, I need a minute, I need a minute, I can't fill your cup yet. And then having them feel sort of depleted. Their behavior would show me, you didn't meet this need, mom. So it was actually easier for me to not take a moment for myself and fill their cup, lean into that moment. And then I could have all the time I wanted to really unwind. So that's just one example, but 
when our kids come to us to check in, just know that it is a real need. And if you have the ability to pause your conversation, and we'll talk about how to help your child interrupt in a way that is conducive to conversation versus coming over and actually interrupting, right? I have some strategies for that. But suffice it to say that if your child is coming to you and needs a minute of your time, if you can give them that, and you won't always be able to, but if you can, when you can, see what happens when you really lean in and let them be the ones to go back off and see if actually their exploration is a little fuller when they do finally go off. Maybe you get a little more time to breathe because you met that need really well. So our kids need boundaries. Our kids need to be able to check in. The next thing our kids need from us is they they need to feel seen. Our kids need to know that we see them, that we are paying attention to who they are and to their journey as they explore. So this is where your child might say, you know, they're playing and they might ask you to watch them. Mommy, look at this. Daddy, check this out. Do you see what I'm doing? Did you see that? Right? And sometimes that can feel frustrating too. Like, okay, I see you. I've told you that. But it's an actual need when our kids say, hey, did you see that? Watch me. Look at what I'm doing. And so what they need in those moments is for you to say, I see you're building a tall tower. Wow, I saw that. You jumped and you were so strong in how you jumped. Yeah, I noticed that you jumped so high. You're climbing so carefully. I see you. That is a real attachment need. Our kids need to know they are seen and that they can show up as they are and that we love them and accept them. So those moments where they're saying, please watch me, please look at me, that's a real need. One of my favorite ways to meet this need is focused play observation. So what does that mean? If you can take literally even five minutes, sometimes even less, and put your phone away and really just watch your child and comment out loud on what you see. Oh yeah, I see. You're building a really tall tower. Oh yeah, I'm noticing that you are building very carefully with the Legos. Tell me about what you're building. Yeah, okay. Oh, I see that you're lining up the people in the schoolhouse. I wonder what they're gonna learn today. Yeah, I noticed that, right? You're just observing like a scientist. You are not trying to play with them. You are just observing their play. Nothing makes kids feel so seen as a few minutes of really focused play observation. And if you can do this every day, amazing. If you can't do this every day, it's okay. Our kids don't need us to do this every single day, but as often as you can, right? And I'll talk a lot about playing with our kids, but I think it's important to know that they don't necessarily need us to play with them as often as they just need us to see them. And so even when you are actually playing with your child, you can still turn it into a more of an observing process, right? So your child says, you be this person and I'll be this person. And when your child is playing, you can say, okay, so what would this person do next? Oh yeah, because how many times have you tried to play with your child and your child says, you be this person and you make the person do or say something and your child says, no, not like that, right? That's because... What your child really needs in that moment is not for you to take on the role of that person. Your child just needs to be seen. So when I do this, I don't even, I avoid that whole struggle. And I just say, oh yeah, what would this person do next? Oh, okay. I'm Okay, so he should come over here. Cool, I'm going to do this. Okay, and then what? Right? And then that takes the pressure off of you 
to pretend play when maybe that doesn't come as naturally to you now that you're not a child. And it makes your child feel seen and it meets that need. So kids need boundaries. Our kids need to be able to check in with us. Our kids need to feel seen. The next thing our kids need is moments of shared enjoyment. So unlike the play observation, these are moments of actually enjoying something together. So here's the key for this. Make this something you actually enjoy. So it could be anything. It could be rolling a ball back and forth. It could be watching a movie together. It could be playing a sport together. It could be going for a walk. It could be playing a board game. It could be having a dance party. Literally anything you both enjoy. But the key here is that you actually authentically need to be able to enjoy it. So if Legos are not your thing, then don't use Legos as shared enjoyment. Use Legos as play observation. If soccer's not your thing, then use soccer as play observation and do the Legos, right? So for me, I love doing puzzles. I love doing Legos. I love dance parties. Those are the things. I love going for walks, right? So I'll invite my oldest child to come for a walk with me, and he loves that, and we just talk and catch up. So I find my strengths, right? My husband really loves Legos with the kids. He loves playing soccer with the kids. So those are the things we choose as moments of shared enjoyment. Don't feel pressured to enjoy something you don't enjoy. You can't do that, right? So moments of shared enjoyment are just that. They are genuine moments of shared enjoyment, laughing together, enjoying together. So the next thing that our kids need is space for their feelings, their desires, and their opinions. Space to really just be. So this is where we are allowing space for feelings. This is where maybe we're setting a boundary, but we are also affirming that healthy curiosity. I know you are so curious about this and I can't let you touch it, but you're so curious. Yeah, it's okay to be curious. It's wonderful to be curious, right? We are letting them show up as they are. They're allowed to push back on our limits. Doesn't mean we change the limit. Doesn't mean we move the boundary, right? But that we let them express dissent, that we let them say, I don't like this. And you can even affirm that. Yeah, you really don't like this. I know. I know when I wipe my baby's nose, she hates it. She has a cold right now and I'm wiping her nose all the time. And I go to her and I say, can I wipe your nose? And she knows what's coming. She turns her head away and I say, I know you really don't like this, right? She doesn't have to like it. She gets to show up as she is. Our kids get to be who they are with their feelings, their desires, their opinions. So the next thing that our kids need from us, they need us to be their confident leader. Okay, we are the adults. We are literally bigger and stronger, and it's our job to keep our kids safe. So in Circle of Security Parenting, which is a, an attachment-based parenting program, they have this phrase that our kids need us to be bigger, stronger, wiser, and kind, right? It's easy to be bigger and stronger without the kind, where we come in and we yell or we punish, but we kind of have to balance all of that, right? We are physically bigger and stronger. We need to be able to set these boundaries. It is our job right? We have to stop these unsafe behaviors, not just tell them to stop, but actually stop them. But we need to do it in a way that's kind. And we need to have the wisdom and perspective to know which boundaries to set, right? And we do. I'm going to empower you right now. You have that wisdom. You do. You are an adult. You know what's safe and what's not safe. Trust your gut. Set the boundary wherever you need it to be. But do it confidently, do it consistently, and do it kindly. Okay, our kids need that confident leader. We know that feelings don't last forever. Our kids don't know that yet. That's okay. 
when we are helping them in a meltdown, we can have that wisdom to know that this feeling won't last forever, which is going to allow us to show up in a way that's kind and confident. I know you're really upset about this. Yeah, you really didn't want to do things this way or you really wanted to go to the museum today and it's closed. I hear you. Gosh, that's so hard. That's a really hard thing to say if we're not confident. But when we have the wisdom to know, hey, this doesn't last forever and it's okay for my child to be upset about this, then it makes it possible to show up truly as that confident leader, to show up from a place of regulation and calm. Not perfectly, of course, but when we can, we show up as calm, regulated, kind leaders. Bigger, stronger, wiser, and kind. And the last thing that our kids need, they need to feel valued and loved exactly as they are. So Circle of Security Parenting calls this being delighted in. So being delighted in is not, oh, you got all A's. Yay, I'm so proud of you. It's not, oh my gosh, you scored so many goals. You're so good at soccer. It's not, you're so good at building with blocks. Those types of statements create a sense of conditional approval. Like, I love you when. And our kids will chase that. They will base their worth on that. But that's not delight. What our kids really need is delight that shows them they are loved and valuable exactly as they are. So how do we do this? Well, first we allow space for feelings to exist in our calm presence. It's okay for them to want things. It's okay for them to push back on our limits. Their curiosity is healthy. We can and should affirm all of this while also holding our boundaries. And then the other way that we show delight is we show delight by telling them regularly, I love you. I'm glad you're my kid. There's nothing you could ever do that would make me not love you. So my four-year-old and I play this game. I'll tell him that. There's nothing you could ever do that would make me not love you. And then he says, oh, yeah? What about if I hit you? And so I tell him, okay. And we pretend. This is, I know he's pretending. I say, well, okay, go ahead. And he pretends to hit me. And then I say, oh, I won't let you hit me. And I still love you. And we just do this back and forth. And it's this wonderful game that we play to sort of show delight. Because here's the thing. Our kids need delight even more when they are struggling than they do in these positive moments. It's very easy to delight in our kids when they're doing what we want them to do. It is much harder to delight in a child when they're struggling, but that's when they need it most. So to recap, our kids need boundaries. Our kids need the ability to check in with us. Our kids need to feel seen. Our kids need moments of shared enjoyment with us. Our kids need space to be exactly as they are, space for their feelings, desires, and opinions. Our kids need a confident leader. And our kids need to feel valued and loved exactly as they are. They need us to delight in them. Now, I'm going to leave you with this. You do not have to do any of this perfectly. You never will. In fact, the research on attachment shows that If you can do these things well, about 30% of the time, your child is likely to be securely attached, which means that the quality of the relationship you have with them is likely to be very positive and to predict all kinds of positive outcomes throughout their life. So you don't need to show up perfectly, but hopefully this list gives you an idea of what your child might be needing in moments of difficult behavior, right? When you're getting curious about that behavior and what might be going on, hopefully this gives you kind of a roadmap to think, okay, what might be happening here? So your challenge for this week, where can you get curious about your child's behavior? Where can you spot some of these needs, right? 
right? Where can you meet these needs and lean in maybe in ways you haven't been because now you know, right? Where can you put a little more energy into one of these needs? Again, not perfectly, but just a little more energy, right? And see what starts to shift in your relationship with your child. I am confident that you can do this. Thank you so much for listening. That wraps up today's episode. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My Complete Guide to Meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raiseresilient.com grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.